Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Where am I? I'm here in deepest, darkest London. But what I want to do with you before I wheel in Nick and Shurhiri, whose name I'm probably butchering, um, I, oh, good, but the sound is good now. Thanks, Nick. Um, uh, Ghosty, I never would have thought you would be the first person in the chat. Of all the people, I never would have expected that. Listen, what I'm going to do, Ghosty, and to anyone else who's tuning in, before I wheel in Nick and Trahui, is basically talk you through today's biggest moments, results, whatever. We had Andre Rublev knocking out Daniel Goffan in four sets. Many people, me included, had Goffan going far primarily because of, of course, Nick Kyrgios' absence at the last minute, meaning Goffan took over. But actually, it's a really good win for him in four sets. We've just seen, of course, Novak Djokovic winning straight sets over Stan Wawrinka, including another tie-break success there. Although Wawrinka, there will be some regret there for him because, of course, he had moments. I think he was 5-3 up at least 
in that tiebreaker. So it's a day of what ifs for Stan the Man. Another day of what ifs as well, I would suggest for Liam Brody, who lost in four sets against Denis Shapovalov. Why a day of what ifs? Well, he was serving for the third set, but sadly couldn't close it out. And Shapovalov, to be fair, went on a ream of good points and good moments and ultimately prevailing 7-5 in the fourth set. Cam Norrie also out today in what was a pretty bad day for the Brits, certainly on the men's side. And the reason why it's a bad day for the Brits on the men's side is that Andy Murray also went out. Hi uh, as well, Tennis Twit, nice of you to join. Uh, <laughs> Ghosty was camping out overnight for this episode. By the way, I, I haven't got the microphone plugged in, so I hope I'm coming through loud and clear. But anyway, just going through the results today. Um, Daniel Galan, by the way, I noticed last night uh, both uh, Nick and Miles were having a little bit of a conversation about the pronunciation of his surname. Uh, Galan, I think, is the name and of the emphasis, I believe, being on the second syllable from Colombia. Well, more importantly, he won in five sets over Yumer today, so a really good win for him over the Swede. Bublik continuing the post uh, Halla curse that again was mentioned last night by Nick uh, by winning in straight sets over Matra, the German today. Yannick Sinner, I saw some panic buttons being pressed on Twitter today after he lost the first set to Quinton Hallis, friend of the show, uh, who again was mentioned by Nick last night. I love that. Uh, but anyway, Yannick Sinner prevailing in four sets. So he continues his merry way, as does clay court specialist Nicholas Jarry, winning over uh, Kubla in four sets. Carlos Alcaraz, I saw that suggested today that he did not play that well, did not see the match. Nevertheless, he won in straight sets. Zverev and Davidic Fokina also winning in four sets over Zverev, beating uh, Watanuki in four sets. Van der Sansu, uh, lost out to Davidic Fokina in four sets as well. Straight sets win for her catch, by the way. That is pretty impressive over Musetti, I would suggest. And I believe her catch will now play uh, Novak Djokovic in the next round. But of course, correct me if I'm wrong. But maybe the story of the day or certainly the win of the day was Berrettini in straight sets over Alex Dimonor. Alex Dimonor, who's had, a, I would suggest, a pretty good grass court build-up. Berrettini's build-up was fairly non-existent. I think he lost one match uh, about three or four weeks ago. And we were all suggesting, me included, that Berrettini's form is pretty distant. It's probably been about a year, I would say, since we've really considered Berrettini being a serious threat. I thought he was going to be a threat at the US Open. But, of course, there he lost to Casper Ruud. And this is his moment on the grass but, of course, last year he was ruled out through COVID. Uh, Chris O'Connell be beating uh, Yannick Vesely, by the way, in straight sets. And Holger Rune, who's flying under the radar, which is very unusual for the Dane. Uh, he won in straight sets as well at the expense of the Spaniard, Carbeus Baena. Let's switch over to the women. And I'll take you through the results on the women's side today. Buskova, as well, was the last match up uh, against Garcia. Buskova-Garcia on court one, the last match, at least amongst the women and certainly on court one. That was over in three sets. 
Buskova had a nervous wait at the end of that match as we had a Hawkeye scenario on uh, match point. And Buskova on the right side of an out call there, winning 7-5 in the third set. But that was a really, really close encounter. Buskova winning the first set 7-6 over the French woman. Garcia 7-6-4 before Buskova winning 7-5 in the third. Not quite so close between Sviontek and Martic, of course, I predicted Martic to win this encounter at the beginning of the tournament. But Sviontek was a break-up in, in the second set. And you thought, cruise control? No. Martic comes back, gets that break back. But unfortunately, for Martic and my prediction, uh, Sviontek actually ended up winning that 7-5 in the second set. Very comfortable 6-1, 6-1 victory for Angebur. And by the way, Svitolina winning in straight sets over Sofia Kennen. Get your comments in the live chat because those comments will be addressed by Nick as I just round out today's results. Uh, Lynette, by the way, lost to Bencic in straight sets. Bencic now will play Igor Sviontek, I believe, in the next round. So that's a pretty tasty encounter, especially now Bencic has got those three wins under her belt. I think if it was just a an early round or an account an encounter elsewhere, maybe you would expect Bencic to be vulnerable. But three matches now under the Swiss's belt, I believe that she will certainly make a match of things against Iga. Jessica Bagula winning in straight sets today, as did Azarenka against Kazakina. I'm saying Kazakina because I believe uh, that is exactly how it should be pronounced. But feel free to correct me if I'm wrong in the live chat and feel safe in the knowledge. I will not be addressing it. <laughs> I'll leave that to Nick and Trihui. Von Drusova beating Don, uh, Vekic, Donna Vekic in straight sets. Is that a shock? Is that a surprise? Maybe. Vekic, of course, getting to the final in Berlin. Where's Von Drusova? I believe she lost to Maria Sakkari there. I saw both of them at close quarters. I mean, that is a tough match, whichever way you look at it. And, of course, Von Drusova knocking out um, Kudometova yesterday. Maybe that uh, helped her belief and helped her game in prevailing over Vekic today. Sabalenka, hmm, three sets, a little bit more of a struggle than I think many would have expected. But Serenko over Bogdan. I didn't even know this was the... I, I knew that Serenko had won, but I did not know. This seems like the tiebreak of the century. Serenko won 2018 in the third set tiebreaker, I'm sure Nick will and Trihu will be shaking their heads. I can see one of them. In fact, I can see both of them right now in the background. I cannot believe this this result has escaped me. 2018. I'll let those guys talk you through that. Hopefully not in too much detail. Or we could be here for a couple of hours uh, just talking about that third set tiebreak. Talking of third set tiebreaks, Andrescu beat Kalanina in a third set tiebreak. So she progresses Two. Um, by the way, if you weren't sure, Sabalenka had progressed as well, albeit with a bit more difficulty over Gracheva than many of us probably expected. Niemeyer, last year's quarterfinal, out at the expense or at the hands of, I should probably say, Galfi. Uh, Madison Keys winning in straight sets today. Another uh, third set tiebreaker with Alexandrova overcoming Brengel. Kvitova, smooth. She progresses into the next round. Uh, 6-2, over Sasnovich. Blinkova, blink your eyes and you'll miss her. Not in terms of this tournament, but in terms of her lights-out tennis. I love it. 
Begu probably less so because she beat her today in straight sets. Kostic beat Korpach and Kostic overcame Badosa. I would love to know whether that's there was a walkover there in terms of uh, Badosa there, possibly with a bit of back pain. I will let the guys now take over. I will blend into the background uh, in deepest, darkest London. And uh, Nick looks like he's going, yes, thank goodness that your little uh, pre-match amble is done. I'll take their mics off and I'll wheel them in. I'm just disappointed that there wasn't some kind of special effect of <laughs> as uh, John fades into the background. But uh, clearly we don't have the uh, technology to do that yet. So you just have to do with my um, own sound effects um, for this stream. Um, they uh, expect to be as rare as my singing. Also, John has actually introduced us to um, a new tennis player because he mentioned Daniel Goffad, who I've never heard of before. Um, <laughs> um, but apparently he he pushed Andre Rublev. I was pretty sure it was David Goffad. But uh, there you go. That's it. But anyway, we're here. The last ball has dropped. Welcome to Talking Tennis. And Shrihari is with me. Shrihari, have you been enjoying the tennis today? Oh, yes, for sure. Um, especially the third set of uh, Djokovic and Wawrinka. I think that was... Um, it, it took a turn we didn't expect uh, it to take, really. Um, with Wawrinka just coming two points, uh, uh, you know, away, being two points away from, you know, taking the match to fourth set and pushing it to tomorrow. But, yeah, I mean, other than that, it was a masterclass from Djokovic, really. Um, of course, Medvedev getting the job done after... You know, Kvitova uh, beat Sashnovich. And, you know, I, I also followed Berrettini beating Duminor. And uh, Sabalenka was in a battle herself uh, against Gretcheva. And um, Iga also, you know, all of a sudden she just got really nervy towards the end of her match, uh, getting broken to love. Oh, you seem to have gone. You stopped talking, but uh, okay. Um, hopefully, people can hear me. Um, Shriri seems to have disappeared, but uh, yeah, a little bit of a uh, a problem. Um, I'm seeing that already. That I owe Serenka an apology. Um, well, look, she did well to win that marathon tiebreak. Maybe we'll talk a bit more about that later. All I will say is that I, given how exhausted she was. I would not be surprised if she retired from her fourth round match. Um, so no, I will not apologize until she loses a match point or wins the tournament. Um, that is a, then and only then will I apologize uh, for it. Um, look, appreciate um, Ghosty and the, um, the sort of support as a Brit. Um, it has been a rough day. We're kind of used to that though at Wimbledon, like, um, up until the date uh, that even um, we've kind of been spoiled by Andy Murray in recent years. And uh, sort of since he uh, sort of had his hip operation, uh, this has been sort of standard for us. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, I think, I think there's definite rough aspects to it, but uh, fortunately most of my favorite players are not British apart from Andy. So I think we're all good there. Um, 
Are we to expect? Ah, Shahiri is back. Um, yeah, we... how nice to have your computer crash on you, right? But um, where, right. where, where did you lose me? Uh, you said something about Fiontech, but like, let's not let's ah, yeah, do a monologue yeah, about every single match you watched. End, um, yeah, towards the end of her match, I mean, of course, you would have watched it, Nick. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, it, that that was pretty odd, right? I mean, having match point at five three, and then okay. So going for it and then gets broken to love and Martic has fall in love on her serve and then that's when uh Shiontic okay gone again clearly um Trahu's computer does not like him talking about Igor Shiontic is much more comfortable with him talking about Novak Djokovic or Daniel Medvedev um so um we'll have to we'll just have to bear with us during this period um whilst we do have Shuri um can you hear me yeah, but I can't see you for some reason. Oh, you can't see me. That's fine. This, we'll just work this like the popcorn podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, by the way, welcome to the live edition of the popcorn tennis podcast. <laughs> um, Shrihiri and I haven't actually recorded one in a while. So yep. um, it's good to sort of get back together and do. we'll, we'll call this a mid-Wibbledon review or something. Um, yeah. But beyond that, um, I think what we're going to do is, um, obviously, I know you've caught a little bit of um the uh i think it sounds like you've caught quite a bit of action across across the day um i think let's let's start with um your thoughts on i mean like you've already shared your thoughts a little bit let's do one match at a time um the match has just finished novak djokovic and stan Wawrinka. um i'm gonna say this now i think the third set of that was more like how I expected the whole match to go. It was a, quite competitive in the third set. Um, yep. Djokovic narrowly stealing it, despite Favrinka having a lead in the tie break. Um, but um, the other two matches, it was sets, it was not close. And mm -hmm. uh, Djokovic was very much in control up to that point. Um, as a Djokovic fan, Shuri, you must be pretty happy with that performance. Oh, for sure. It was a masterclass, I would say. Um... Wawrinka was, I I think, from maybe 2-3 in the first set all the way to the end of the second set, pretty AWOL. Um, he was just, uh, Djokovic was just making use of the fact that he's not the most match fit at the moment. Uh, you know, bringing him into the net and lobbying him quite a bit. And Wawrinka just couldn't read, serve pretty well. And Djokovic hasn't faced a break point in his last two wins, last two matches. So that's... Uh, Pretty great signs if, uh, you know, if you're Novak Djokovic, especially at Wimbledon, you know, you're serving really well. That's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, how do I say, quite a bit of the monkey off your back. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and yeah, like you mentioned, the third set was pretty interesting because there was that rally at 5-6 deuce, uh, which Wawrinka won with that forehand down the line winner. It reminded me so much of the set point in the fourth set of their AO 2013 fourth round clash that it pretty much ended this exact same way and I thought okay maybe Wawrinka has woken up and uh, we know that if Novak is susceptible to any uh, any opponent really it could one of them is Stan Wawrinka himself and you could see that he was also sort of being nervy because uh, he wanted to get the job done before the curfew that was definitely playing in his mind but uh, other than that, really, I think it was a really clean performance. And, you know, there are obviously a few stares to some of the spectators, towards some of the spectators um, during that third set, because I'm pretty sure Novak wasn't happy with the fact that there were people who wanted that match to extend. But 
tennis wise again another clean performance and uh, you know he's looking really sharp uh in the first week of Wimbledon yeah which you would expect right for a man who yeah, has lost on center court for 10 years has lost one Wimbledon match in 10 years in yeah. 10 years um we're not counting the retirement to Thomas Burdich in 2017 yeah. um the yeah it's uh, it, it's looking like He's progressing pretty serenely, and I genuinely don't see anyone in his section who can challenge him until the semi-finals. Um, so he has Hurkacz next, so I think I would expect him to take a set. Um, you think Hurkacz is going to take a set? Yeah, I think so, because in 2019, he gave him a really stern test. That's true. Uh, in the first two sets, and of course, they played that match in Bercy where Novak edged him 7-6 in the third. Uh, Hurkacz himself is playing excellently, hasn't been broken so far this tournament hasn't dropped set so far this tournament dropped the set so far this tournament um so yeah if um you know if he's able to serve lights out then i think Novak yeah. will he will have uh you know his work cut out for him in the fourth round um but and having yeah, caught her catch in i caught her catch Massetti match actually and Massetti had definitely had chances did you see that match shahiri uh, i caught a bit of it Especially in the second set, I think was Eddie had a break point to uh, level things up at five all, and I switched away from that match after Hurkacz went two sets to love up. So um, I think that was happening around the time uh, Sabalenka's match was going on, or maybe I've yeah. gotten this wrong. But uh, there was another match that uh, it was probably Sabalenka's match that I was focusing on more than you know Hurkacz, and also Berrettini's match. I was just uh, sort of. Um, you know, switching streams and mostly watching Sabalenka. But yeah, I think. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. There was definitely a lot going on today. I don't know if John's got a photo, like you have to scroll back on my Twitter a bit of my rather crazy tennis setup at the minute. Um, but oh, Yeah, uh, I did see a picture of that. That's um, pretty insane. Uh, it's just that my streaming service, for some reason, doesn't allow for multiple simultaneous streaming. Yeah, to no be honest, idea. mine doesn't either until Wimbledon comes around and the BBC do not mind you signing in on about five or six different devices. Oh, um, that's nice. So there you go. So I had about four on the go there. Wow. Uh, well, three on the go. I did get up to like four or five at one point. That's from day four, three, I think, after I got back from Wimbledon. Um mm. So, but yeah, so I think I had, I had the, the, her catch Massetti match on the left laptop um, and the Berrettini Diminor lapped uh, on the main screen. Um, Cause I marked that down as a, as an interesting one to watch, but um, obviously couldn't necessarily get all the details of every match. But what I could tell from the her catch Massetti match was um, the, the fact that yeah, her catch was super clutch on serve, had break points, saved them didn't get broken and was very, very good in the kind of the cat and mouse points, particularly at the net. Um, and Musetti just wasn't uh, exploiting the her catch forehand weakness, which I expect Djokovic will. Um, 
But yeah, I, I would agree with you that her catches served this this first week of Wimbledon's been super impressive and yeah. have kind of carried him there. But, and and you may be right, he might take a set off Novak. He did in 2019, as you've mm-hmm. said. So yeah. I kind of agree with that assessment. But I thought I'd just put that out there so we could cover that mm-hmm. her catch result. Right. Yeah. And also, I mean, his forehand weakness can, I think, best be masked on a surface like grass. Um where, of course, you'd expect someone like Novak, someone with his experience, someone with his skill set to make use of that. But then I, I think it's not half as it's not half bad for when it is firing because we have seen him do pretty well against guys like Medvedev, for example. Um, so, you know, he can't... I, I just don't think it's going to be a shot that like easily break down. Say, for example, Berrettini's backhand or Sitsipas's backhand. But, yeah, for sure... Um, more than maybe a couple of sets, I think. I, I don't I don't really think a lot, unless Djokovic has a completely flat off day, which it's hard to even imagine. Uh you don't really you wouldn't really see Hurkacz beating her. To be honest, not anyone in this draw, but we won't go too far for now. It was just yeah. barely into week two in the bottom half of the men's and of course the top half of the women's. So we'll yeah, just take sure. It. Yeah, we don't we don't uh, you're right. We don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves. Um so yeah, I think I, yeah we could be in for an interesting one. I yeah I agree. I, I think it would take Djokovic having a bad day and her catch having a very very good day um, for an upset to occur in round four. But hey, look at what happened with Query in 2016. Albeit, I don't think Djokovic. I think it was a bad day for Djokovic for that to have happened. Yeah. I think it's also pretty circumstantial because that was right after he completed the career slam and the non-calendar slam. Uh, you can get that, have that feeling of, hey, look, I've won pretty much everything, and and he was obviously, I mean, that was, uh, he was, I think, what thirty matches on the bounce at slams, uh, that he consecutively won, so yeah, a lot of, um, again, I, I, you were not, we were not too surprised in hindsight that he did lose that match, but then if you look at the tennis, uh, specifically, yes, it was quite a bad day because a returner like Djokovic, someone who's that good on the surface, you wouldn't expect him to lose, uh, like that query. Um, but yeah, uh, it, it, the only thing that remains to be seen is if Djokovic just play outside center court, uh, which yeah. he didn't last year. Um, but I don't think he would like with his half of the draw. Yeah. Like put on center court from the men. Um, I, I'm not going to list them because we'll go through the results. Like John's gone through the results, but um, uh, I, I think his is the match that you want to highlight for yeah. sure. Um, there's like one or two others that I would like go. That's a show court match potential, like one of them. Um, but that could easily go on center or one. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I think but, uh, the middle Sunday is no longer in play since last year. So there, yeah. there is more flexibility, I guess, in putting these fourth round matches on the main show courts. Um, I don't remember how it was last year, but um, before that, we had a lot of players playing on number two court. Uh, you know, in the second week, just because you know of the manic Monday and whatnot that was going on, but. Yeah, I find it ironic that the year I'm actually prepared for Manic Monday, they don't do it anymore. All right, yeah. Um, <laughs> but that was, yeah, that was in 2021, if I'm not mistaken, where they had the middle Sunday and then the Manic Monday, which followed. Or 2019. I'm yeah. probably mistaken. 
John, I think you're getting confused. That Sunday's not a day off anymore. Um, oh, yeah. It used to be, but it's not anymore. It used to be, exactly. That's uh, sort of what we're talking about right now because that the reason yeah. for some matches, fourth round matches being put on number two or number... Remember Hachinov and Korda, I think, was on an uh, outside court. Like that was court 18, I think. Yeah, court 18, exactly. Um, that was the match with so many breaks of serve in that fifth set. That, that was a fifth round. set was bonkers. Exactly. Especially on grass, you wouldn't expect that, right? But, you know, that happened. Um, but yeah, I guess since last year, it's not the case. But it's Djokovic, Hurkacz. I mean, I think you probably already covered it. Chapovalov, Safiulin, uh, Sinner plays Galan, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other match that I think could get show court billing Rublik is Rublev, Rublev. Rublev. That is also a pretty high uh, profile matchup. Probably those two are the ones that would be on center, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. But let's let's find out what we get there. I think let's talk about right. more about what's happened today. Um right. now with let's I think much as tempting as it is to focus on Shahuri's favorite players, I think a lot of the chat has been about the Brits. Let's talk about the Brits. Um, and I think there's, the, I think the obvious one to start with um, is actually, well, there's actually three three options here, all pretty good, but let's do with the completion of Murray versus Sitsipas, which from a neutral's perspective, and I appreciate that a lot of the people on the Talking Test team are British, quite a few of our audience are British. I'm not aware of anyone from Greece watching. Um, but from a neutral's perspective, was actually a really, really good match and so close. Like it was just some slight details that just ended up two deciding service it. breaks for the entire match. Two service breaks. Um, and one was a loose game from Murray because City Pass was not getting opportunities on his serve much. And if when he was, Murray was snuffing them out. Um, but I would say that was a loose game from Murray in the fifth. There was that missed challenge opportunity in the fourth set. I would argue both tie breaks, Murray underperformed. He should have won set one and or set four. Um, this was a match he could have done, got done in straights. Yeah. Um, but Very credit- much like the US Open clash two years ago. Yes, yes. He could have won that in straights as well. Um, credit to Pass for bringing a level that I did not expect on grass from him that enabled him to keep up with Murray. That serve kept him in the whole match. That forehand works well on grass. And for all of Murray's attacking at the backhand, it did not break down as much as Murray was expecting. I'm not sure whether it's because Murray wasn't penetrating enough on it or rushing it enough, or whether Sitsipas was was just having a very, very good day with it. And maybe the team match had warmed him up. Um, but those are say I would see are some slight details that changed it otherwise. Um it was a very, very close match, very serve dominated. Maybe that's not your cup everyone's cup of tea. Um yeah. but yeah, what we what was your take on that match, Shrihari? Uh this is a few things. Um a lot of City Pass serves, especially in the fifth set where Murray had some chances to sort of get back on serve on level terms where Sitsipa is looking more vulnerable. Um, serves that were not exceptional from Sitsipas. I think Murray didn't do enough with. He was just trying to chip them. If Usually when you're chipping them, you've, you've seen Federer do it a lot of times. You chip uh, and charge. 
either on you know first serves or sometimes a lot of times on second serves. Murray was just chipping it and he was like, you know, standing in the baseline, one waiting for Sitsi Pass to miss. If you're giving Sitsi Pass a forehand like that, he's not gonna miss. We know his forehand is world class, top five easily, uh, in the men's game at the moment. Um, so there is that. I saw a lot of that happening. And like you mentioned, Murray, you, you know, the, the not penetrating the backhand enough. Oh, absolutely, because we we've seen the you know, take Djokovic, for example, the way he uh, he peppers at Tsitsipas backhand, or even someone like Medvedev, the way, uh, you know, just pulling out players who not not necessarily my favorites alone, but then players who have been successful against Tsitsipas in their head to head, having played ten or more matches, um, the way they've had success against him was, you know, just by exposing that weakness. Which Murray, he was, I mean, while he was playing to Tsitsipas's backhand, he just gave Tsitsipas enough time to play. A lot of regulation backhands back into play, where such that he didn't feel rushed or he didn't feel vulnerable exactly. So that is uh, where, yeah, like you mentioned, didn't penetrate enough, didn't rush enough. Where I felt he should have rushed him more was there were two stages in both of the tie breaks that he lost three all. Um, I think Sitsipas was the braver of the two. He was taking initiative of the rallies better. He just. Uh, you know, he he decided to, like I mentioned, take, take control of the points, which is what you would expect uh, in clutch uh, moments. And he was definitely, um, oh yeah, I thought I lost you there. Uh, he was definitely the clutcher player from, you know, if you look at the match as a whole um, in taking, uh, like I mentioned, initiative on these big points and just uh, approaching the net. He was amazing at the net. That's also something people didn't mention too much. A lot of these drop volleys and covering the net, he was excellent. Um, so, yeah, like Murray just didn't do much. And the fact that he could have won this match and the previous match that he lost to him at the US Open two years ago, both in straight sets, or at least four sets. I mean, people talk a lot about that missed return. Um, at 4-all, 15-30, it was in but was called out. He didn't challenge it. Mm. Um I'm not sure. I think even if there was called in and you know the call was overturned, they would have replayed the point. Right? I don't think Murray would have gotten the point if I'm not mistaken. Um, I have to watch the point back. Right. Yeah. Um, but either way, I mean that is again gonna be lingering as a what if. But yeah, I think it, it also comes back to us not expecting that kind of level from Sitsipas on grass. His center court debut as well. Um, so yeah, it's just Andy, it's his debut. Yeah, it was his debut in centre court. Was he was his match against Kyrgios number one last year? That was number one, yes. Okay. Yeah. Team also has not played on centre court yet, just putting it out there. Um that is kind of crazy if you think about it. But it is, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that's the, the those are my takeaways. And I think the the last game as well went to Deuce. Um yeah. Sitsi Pass just a lot he was brave. Um Deuce, he approaches the net. Murray tried to lob him. I think that's when he got the smash. Um, so yeah, Tsitsipas was just uh, he was more clutch. He was more brave uh, in the big points, and uh, he was uh, rightfully rewarded for that. Yeah, I, I would agree with Tsitsipas being clutch. Um, a lot of the times he was down fifteen thirty, uh, love thirty, or like behind his serve really delivered, um, and. I think we talk about City Pass on grass um, as sort of like almost a liability. But like watching him, you're right, his volleys 
but are actually pretty good at least today um the and i said the serve and forehand um actually really effective shots on the surface it's just the backhand can be rushed and grass is a surface that enables it to be rushed even harder than uh, most of the places um i'm still don't understand how he won the atp finals to be honest um but uh yeah that would be that's why but as you said murray wasn't rushing it like he was seeing to it waiting for it to break down like murray was doing uh, kind of I, I something i've noticed about murray post hip surgery is he says he seems a little underpowered that wasn't the case in australia he really was hitting through the ball um but um i i'm just wondering whether yeah he was just lacking the ability to do it and the murray from before the hip surgery the one who won two wimbledons um would have put a little bit more uh it would have rushed city pass a little bit more would have had the capability to do that yeah he would have yeah, yeah. Uh, also, he gave Sitsipas enough time on the backhand wing that he could run around and hit a forehand uh, yes. a lot of times. Which uh, Sitsipas was doing a lot. Like by the end of the fourth set, I, yeah. Sitsipas had worked out the tactic and was giving, was definitely just running around it to hit forehands. And um, Murray, um, not giving Murray any other option really, Murray had to come up with a plan B. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, I do agree. I mean, I did tweet this. Uh, I said that this match, although Andy did lose in hindsight, but um, it still holds true that um, the way he played, I think probably, especially at a slam level, considering uh, the stage, considering your op opponent, probably the best he's played, honestly. Um, getting broken just once throughout that match um and you know the way he held his own in the third set he turned it around dramatically i would say because sitsipas was uh outplaying him for most of the first two sets and then obviously turned it around the tiebreaker um i was just thinking to myself like it's gonna take um some sort of lapse from sitsipas or some dip in his level for andy to even get back into this match well he capitalized on that in the second set and of course the third set uh, once he got that early break, he just, you know, held on. There was a bit of a scare towards the end of play. Um, it seemingly pulled his groin, but then, you know, he still held on. Um, but then, yeah, he was still playing really well at the resumption. There was no, um, you know, no uh, sense of him being dazed or sort of, you know, not having woken up to the occasion. I didn't see anything like that. If anything, he went down purely because Sitsipas was sort of better in the you know, more clutch moments and sort of tactically tactically a bit let down because I think Andy, maybe he would have had the right tactics. He was just unable to with his current skill set or abilities. Not Obviously, he's not to the best of his abilities at the moment. Just not able to do what he planned to do and he couldn't problem solve his way you know, in a different manner out of the match. Mm. Absolutely. So the fight for Andy Murray to get himself seated at a Grand Slam continues. Um, he, in the live rankings, has just dropped to 41. Um, so his American hardcore season is going to need to be uh, pretty good to get him into the top 32 or 34 because we usually get a few withdrawals at this rate. Um, I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Let's talk about the next Brit. Um... And uh, I think I'm going to go with the chat on this one because they're discussing um, the results. And I think it's only fair to talk about this result because um, not only is the chat talking about it and it's about Cameron Norrie losing in four sets to Chris Eubanks, but I'm very aware that a lot of our audience are American and Chris Eubanks was the only American man in action today. And he made the second week of a mate. No, he's in the third round. The, the, The draw... The draw kind of scheduling at the minute confused me there. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, Ashley is currently very, very pleased with with herself because um, she's uh, she predicted Eubanks to win it on the on the show last night. We were like, possible, but I'm backing Norrie as being more clutch. No, Eubanks was more clutch. Um, I didn't really catch much of the match. I had it on, but I was focusing on Murray Sitsipas. Norrie lost before Murray did. I wasn't really seeing what Eubanks was doing specifically. Norrie was trying to take it to a fifth, did well to get it to a fourth set tie break. But Eubanks just seemed to be executing everything really, really well. Um, and uh, yeah, great, great result for Chris. Uh, probably he, th- he thinks that's probably the biggest win of his career. I think in terms of stage, probably is. Um, yeah. What was your take on that result, Shahari? Not particularly surprised. I didn't catch uh, uh, any of that match, actually. But, yeah, when when he did win his first title in Mallorca, quite a few people were surprised I came on grass. I wasn't really because, dude's what, six foot eight. He has huge serve, uh, pretty big ground strokes. I know that he has a single-handed backhand, which... More often than not, comes under scrutiny these days. I mean, you could easily talk to uh, Owen from Popcorn Tennis. He would love to talk about single-handed backhands. Um, anyway, uh, but people do fixate quite a bit. I, I saw a lot of tweets today as well. And like, oh my God, you know, Chris Eubanks talking about, uh, you know, in, in his post-match interview that he did, uh, he idolized Federer and he watched, um, you know, some clips of Federer before coming onto the grass, something that effect, and then people are talking about how oh Roger Federer is the one who's influenced a lot of these young, younger uh, players to uh, play with a single-handed backhand, and it's more of a liability these days than anything. Um, but I mean, it not not that he was, but he's been particularly weak on the backhand side, or you know, not that he's been that that wing has been exploited say to the extent of Sitsi passes for example from what i've watched but the way he played in miami i know they made the quarterfinal that's also when he broke into the top 100 for the first time he played medvedev really well um although he lost in straight sets that was a really good performance um he did trouble medvedev pretty much how anybody would have or would um the best way possible um and yeah, he won Mallorca as well, beating Manorino, although Manorino was not 100% the final, but that's a, still a pretty good win, uh, considering how good Manorino is on the surface, considering the fact that Manorino did beat Medvedev uh, in Netherlands. 
just a couple of weeks prior. So yeah, I'm not particularly surprised because I had Mahach beating Nori in the first round. Uh, just because I think Nori's not really been at his best form since winning Rio. Um, he's just, yeah, he had a great start this season. Uh, I'm not sure what his AO performed. He lost to Lehechka, right, in the third round? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I mean, Norrie yeah. seems to have a Grand Slam problem anyway. Um, yeah, exactly. Does tend to underperform in slams apart from Wimbledon last year when it didn't count for points, <laughs> um, ironically. So he's it, he probably would have been in or around the top 10 coming into this. He's like, I think that question mark, that asterisk has definitely gone now with this result. Yeah. Uh, but I would agree with you, Norrie's not been on form for a few months now. Um, whereas Eubanks has been growing into form since that Miami yeah. run. Um, so, so yeah, really, really excited to see. Um, Ashley's asking um, some questions about Eubanks for me to answer. So his live ranking is 40. He's actually overtaken Murray um, and knocking Murray out the top 40. And um, in terms of who his next match is, it's Chris O'Connell, who beat Harry Vesely in straight sets. Um, obviously didn't watch that match. First. But um, Chris yeah. O'Connell... Um, was um, obviously we know he's okay on grass and clay and um, sort of seems to prefer natural surfaces. I remember him pushing Monfils to five sets um, either at, at Wimbledon, I think, um, a year or two ago. Um, but And obviously Vesely peaked against Corda but couldn't sustain it, um, which is what I suspect happened. Uh, so, yeah, battle of the Chrises for a place in the fourth round happening tomorrow. I would like O'Connell's chances better, but I wouldn't be surprised if Eubanks makes it to the second week. That's all I would say. I mean, he's putting together a streak of some sort on grass, having won, I don't know, he won four matches in Mallorca, four or five. Yeah, sure. yeah. Won a couple here. So, yeah, I mean, he, but I think he would be loving life at the moment because, uh, you know, he was pretty emotional when he broke in the top 100 back in Miami and he's in the top 40 already. Um, and you know, the, the US Open series is not really far away either, which is great news for him. Um, but yeah, um, uh, we'll, we'll see how far he goes here. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a great result for Eubanks, not a surprise result. Um, uh, not a surprise result, I don't think we knew both, both could have had decent results at Wimbledon, but yeah, the other Brit in action is. Obviously, friend of the show, Liam Brody. Um, uh, well, friend of the show through Dave Samuel. Um, but uh, he um, pushed Dennis Shepherd off to four sets. Could have gone to five if Brody closed out the third and had the advantage. I was a little surprised that Shapoval this happened because I, I fully believed in Brody's capabilities of winning a set. But Shapovalov seemed to be off for large sections of that match. Um, and, um, yeah, Brody could well have won it. And um, I think his ceiling showed in this match, as I think it also did in the match against Rude. Um, but, um, yeah, fantastic performance from Brody. Great heart. The top-performing British man in Wimbledon 2023 because he got around further than Norrie and Murray. Um, and uh, yeah, this is probably the biggest outcome of his career and uh, long time coming. But uh, yeah, Shapovalov, 
probably made it harder. For, I don't know whether Brody made it hard for Shapovalov or Shapovalov made it harder for himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the first set, I know there were like five breaks of serve by the time it ended. Yeah. Um, and very similar in the third set as well. Yeah, the third set, I know that Brody was 5-2 and Shapovalov serving 2-5 deuce. And then from there, that's when I caught the match from. Mm -hmm. And Shapovalov just didn't react much. Uh, he was playing with a lot of composure, a lot of patience, not many errors also. Reeled off five games in a row, love 40 in the opening game of the fourth set. Brody held. Shapovalov's okay, fine. I'm just going to keep playing my game on my terms. And, uh, well, yeah, there were some moments where, you know, it was like 3-4 and 4-5 and Shapovalov didn't even look like he was going to fold. He was comfortable holding serve. He broke Brody at five all decisively and then he held. And that was the match, you know. And yeah, Brody gave a, a pretty spirited fight for sure. Uh, he would have loved to have that 2-5 moment again because you just never know, right? He, um, if he takes that set, Chapo is a very hot and cold player. He just he never, not really steady. And when he has bad days, it's really bad. He very much is likely to lose that match rather than uh, tough it out. But when he has a really good day, you know, he's feeling it and it's, he's so hard to beat. So he's that kind of a player. And yeah, Brody would have loved to have that third set back, I guess. But other than that, I think Chapo needs to be given credit for just how he pulled that back in the third set, um, which is not something we've really seen much from him, uh, you know, in the past, really. Uh, so yeah, credit to him. Made the semifinal two years ago. Uh, his second week to appearance here. He would like his chances, I would say personally, to make another semis. He will have, it'll be most likely him and uh, Sinner in the quarterfinal. He has won their only meeting, although Sinner is definitely a better player since the last time they met. That was the first round of the 2021 Australian Open with Chapo one in five sets. Um, that would be a cracker if that happens. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And actually, pre tournament, um, well, I say pre-tournament, obviously I don't necessarily put my draw of public, but those of you in popcorn tennis can obviously have a look at what I've picked. Um, I put, I actually predicted pre-tournament a Sinner Shapovalov quarterfinal. Um, I yeah. thought that that was like, okay, you did as well. So yeah. we, we have faith in Shapo. It'd be interesting to see what, how he does against Safi Yulin in the next round, because Safi Yulin's on a bit of a tear, but... Yeah. Um, well, they played twice, and Chapo's won both of those matches. If that if that matters at all, I don't mean <laughs> going into that match. But a lot of people at RBA making it that far. So did I. I mean, RBA losing, I think, from two sets to one up to Safiulin was not something we saw. No. Um, but I did have Chapo beating RBA, which would have been a repeat of their fourth round a couple of years ago, which Chapo won comfortably. Um, I just don't think RBA would have... Some people had RBA making the semis, quarters and semis, but I thought round four is the max he could get to. Especially, I mean, I, I could see why people picked him to go that far, having done that well in Halle, beating Medvedev. I think he really peaked out of his brains in that match, if you watched it, uh, the quarterfinals of Halle. But yeah, uh, I I just... Like, like you, I picked uh, Sinner and Chapovalov uh, as the one of the quarterfinals in the bottom half. Well, um, we mentioned this player before. So what I'm going to do now, Shahri, is I'm going to rattle off just a name, um, sort of day one, and you give me your take on that result. Um, 
if that's all right. So we mentioned this name already. Yannick Sinner dropped a set to Quentin Hallis, friend, or friend of the show. Um, do you... Uh, so, yeah, I was a little surprised with that, but I was also very impressed with the way Sinner righted the ship and took control of the match from after losing that first set. Yeah, that was concerning that he lost the first set because you just know sometimes uh, when you know that there isn't a top 25 opposition for you until the semi-final and you've not made the semi-final of a Grand Slam before, that can add to your anxiety and that won't really do much, too many favors. Uh, so yeah, Halis is a solid player. He's been doing really well this year. Um, you know, he, he pushed Djokovic in Adelaide. Uh, he made it to, I think, the third round in Miami and he pushed Sitsipas for a set at the AO. And yeah, of course, he beat Dan Evans in the first round here and that was a pretty comprehensive performance all in all. So he, again, you know, big serve, pretty, pretty heavy, um, not heavy, but like flatter ground strokes, like the kind of game that would be rewarded on grass. And like you mentioned, I am pretty uh, happy and impressed with Sinner that he managed to turn that around. And I think it was a breakdown in the fourth set as well, but you know he closed out from there. Yeah, very good. All right, next match: um, Andre Rublev beating David Goffin in four sets. Um, before the, on last night's last ball drop was Miles. I said I thought that could be a good match. Miles was like. Goffin had a soft draw. He's not going to be in form. We ended up having a crazy match in the second and third set where Rublev was a breakup in set two. Goffin won on a tie break. Goffin was a breakup in set three. And I was two calling upset alert. And yeah. then Rublev won that on a tie break. Okay. So, and then took away, the, went away with the rest of the match. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I, I was like, that was actually, I think, I, I, I couldn't catch a lot of the detail of it, what the rallies were like, but from what I could glean, it was a good contest that the crowd seemed to be enjoying. Yeah, well, Goffin was two breaks up in the third set. It was 4-1 up. Was it two and, breaks? Yeah, two breaks. <sighs> and there is kind of a head-scratcher when you lose a set on grass from two breaks up, um, or any fast court for that matter. But Goffin has actually made a habit of... I don't know if you recall Cincinnati 2015, the one where Djokovic was going for the elusive elusive uh, Golden Masters at the time. You you probably remember that for the Sabre, where Federer... Uh, oh, yeah. Implement. Yeah, that's where he beat Djokovic, sort of beat him like a drum in the final in straight sets. Uh, so that was the same tournament where Goffin was two breaks up against Djokovic in the deciding set, and he lost. A lot of sets he's lost, a lot of matches he's lost where he's two breaks up. I don't know what it is. It's just a go fan thing at this point. So I was not surprised. Um, but yeah, I would have not really been surprised if he beat Rublev because Goffin is really good on the surface, two-time quarterfinalist uh, at Wimbledon. Um, and also, yeah, like I guess he did have a pretty soft path to the third round. <coughs> but other than that, yeah, like uh, I didn't really catch much of that match and it's pretty good result for Rublev, and it's this one thing. <laughs> um, it's it's one thing. Um, well, I, I almost lost what I was. Yeah, the one thing I've noticed with Rublev uh, this season, especially, is that he is not waning away when things are sort of going against him. 
he tries to stay in the moment and tries to uh, fight his way back. We saw that match against those two matches against Holgeruna that he, you know, pulled back and he won at the AO and in the Monte Carlo final. Um, a few other matches, I think one in Doha where he was losing, I think, to Kriegspur and he turned it around and he won. Uh, so it's something that he's been working on. Um, so yeah, I'm not for that reason alone, it's good to know that. You know, he was able to turn around a match like this. And uh, he gets Bublik in the next round. I have Bublik winning that match. And, you know, Bublik playing Djokovic in the quarterfinals. I'm not sure about you. But, uh, yeah, that would be interesting because that's a repeat of the Halle final. I went with Rublev because I thought the Halle curse would hit Bublik. <laughs> okay. Right. So you had Bublik going out to McDonald, I guess. In the yes. Okay, uh, so now that also, the match is happening. Would not surprise me with the public because he could be on fire one week and then you wonder where he went the next. Yeah. Um, Mick, uh, so Ghost is saying, make Nick say Griegspur again and it, then wiggles. It's a Heikspo. Oh. Heikspo. Okay. Heikspo. Yeah. Heikspo. Okay. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll That's what my that. Dutch friend tells me. Um, <laughs> right. Um, uh, but yeah, so it was. Um, Okay, uh, moving on from uh, Dutch pronunciations to uh, let's go for a German. Zverev got through in four cents against Wontanuki. Did not watch that match uh, for obvious reasons. Um, <laughs> mostly because there was Zverev. somebody in the comments who was asking, I think it was Tennis Twit, uh, mm. was like, Is this the same Sri Hari who bashes Zverev all the time on Twitter? <laughs> Um, uh, yes. All the way up. <laughs> yes. yes. Full disclosure. Yes, it is. Um, I'll try not to, but it's 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 hard. I, anyway, I, yeah, I. It was, I did it was less for. Set. I mean, look, less for the non-tennis reasons and more for the Zverev against a low-ranked opponent is not a good watch. So I I just skipped it. But I I think my only comment would be he dropped a set. Hmm. Yeah, well, he sort of uh, was arguing with the umpire because he used a, a word that's considered to be a swear word. Uh, it starts with S, ends with T, four letters. You, you know, yeah. decode that. Um, so, yeah. He we keep the money. And, we keep the YouTube money. <laughs> Thank you, Shuri. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, basically, what happened was he used that word. He got a code violation. Uh, for a ver verbal obscenity and then he was sort of going back and forth with the umpire um yeah the umpire did tell him off um and he lost that second set but then it was smooth sailing from that obviously i didn't watch it um reason being there was obviously medvedev not medvedev's sorry, medvedev's match had gotten over um he was on the same court and it was zverev's match followed uh i was obviously watching sabalenka and um I don't know who was on court. Yeah, court one was Sabalenka and then Alcaraz was on center court. So I was just like switching mm -hmm. between both of those matches. Um, I had Watanuki beating Zverev in my bracket. That didn't happen. Okay. Uh, but, you know, I, nonetheless, I have Berrettini making it to the fourth round. Berrettini versus Zverev. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see how that pans out. I You would like Berrettini's chances, like you I, and I discussed on grass. Yeah. Um, I would say um, I think you're the only person I know of who didn't write off Berrettini pre-tournament. Um, or I was talking to someone who didn't write him off. Because uh, most people, I know I did in my bracket, I went 
If he didn't play well in Stuttgart, he might not be yeah. fully fit. He's going to lose this to Sonigo. He yeah. didn't lose to Sonigo. And then I was like, oh, is Berrettini back? And then this result against Diminor today kind of confirmed that Berrettini is back. And now he's yeah. my favourite to reach the fourth round again. Yeah. And it's uh, it's nice to see that Sonigo is the same opponent who or same player who who gave Berrettini a thumping six one six two in Stuttgart. Berrettini was just distraught, left the court in tears, and he didn't play a match until the first round here, and he beat Sonigo in over three days. Uh, good friend of his, of course, and then he was just clinical against Deminor today. Um, you 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 would have thought that Berrettini was the top 16 seed and Demi Noor was the unseeded player, uh, going by how that match panned out. Um, so, yeah, that was really encouraging from Berrettini. And like you mentioned, you would expect him now to make the fourth round from his section. Yeah. Like, like honestly, that match showed why Berrettini is one of the best players on grass right now in the men's side. Um, everything worked. Um, his... Forehand, Four bodies, uh, two in Queens, two slice. in Stuttgart, with a final in Wimbledon. That's really impressive. Yeah, he, yeah, he has to be. He's one of the and, the and the only reason he's not won Wimbledon is because Novak Djokovic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Djokovic was the only player who was beating him at slams in 2021. Of course, he made the fourth round at the AO, but withdrew before stepping onto the court against Tsitsipas. So there's that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, kept on getting drawn with Novak, didn't he? Um, <laughs> exactly. All right, two more matches I want to get. Well, actually, three more matches I want to get your thoughts on, but you've already kind of mentioned them. So um, let's do this one because I know you've been dying to do this one. Medvedev finished off Manorino um, yeah. in the end. Um, they redeemed at 4 4, third set. Medvedev mm -hmm. ended up winning it on a tie break. Yeah. Overall, came out pretty positively and avoided a repeat of the her catch situation from two years ago yeah thank goodness because i that's all i could think about until he stepped onto court um it was also the same court where he you know the play was suspended and obviously continued his match on center court against Hurkacz, and we know what happened there um but i just there was it's not really a matchup or a tennis reason that i went with medvedev beating manorino in the second round in my bracket I just felt that Medvedev is too good this season at the moment that he's going to learn from that loss to Manorino and Hertog and Bosch. Um, and he's not, and Manorino is not a player who's going to have that discipline in over five sets. And the only way he, I could see him beating Medvedev is if, it, if, is if Medvedev did a no-show, which I didn't think was happening. Um, of course, he won in straight sets, but Manorino was... You know, definitely looming large in that third set. Um, Medvedev had a 4-2 lead, 30-all. Um, Manorino managed to hold and Medvedev uh, lost his serve before, you know, play was suspended and he was complaining about how dark it was. Um, but yeah, um, I think his performance pretty solid, great tactics. Um, he was really good at the net. I think he lost just... Uh, approached net like 28 times, lost just four or five points. That's really good for Medvedev standards. Uh, backhand was great. Again, he was uh, he was attacking on the forehand, which uh, is something we knew that was going to give him, going to reward him because, you know, he's a very flat hitter of the ball. Um, so, someone who 
definitely can do. I mean, we discussed this on a previous show that Medvedev is one of the underperformers on grass for how right. what his game is like. Um, so I think these are really positive signs that he showed. Um, Manorino obviously was still mixing things up, going out wide with the serve, but Medvedev was doing well to read them. He was not, again, he maintained composure really well. He was not just whacking the ball, um, you know, at the uh, uh, towards the backboard like he was a lot of times in Halle. You could see that he was not happy, uh, but now he he wants to do well in this tournament. He is. Uh, trying to implement new tactics such that he can uh, sort of maneuver through these matches better. And it's, that's always nice to see. Yeah, um, I agree with you. You and I are on the same page about Medvedev underperforming on grass. I think now the draw's opened up that he is their overwhelming favourite to make the semifinals from his section. I, I'm, I've had a look at his draw. There's a couple of people I wouldn't be surprised, but... Um, I think overall, looking at who else is there, um, it would have to be a surprise result. And you have to take Medvedev down in five sets to beat him. So, yeah, um, yeah I'm with you on that. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm talking about someone else who's um, in pretty good form. Another match that you watched, Alcaraz. Um, thanks for the like, by the way, Jake, on Facebook. Um, Alcaraz, what did you make of his performance today? I wasn't paying too close attention to it. From what I can gather, <laughs> he wasn't in top gear. You're not wrong. Um, yeah, <laughs> well, he he just peaked in the tiebreaker. Which very Djokovic like. Um, he went six love up. He was just, uh, you know, at the net, just excellent. Um, it was not, again, the second set. He was not at his best, far from it, um, you know. And yeah, the tiebreaker, he just raised his level seven notches, got the job done. Also in the third set, 4 3, I think Muller had a few game points, but then Alcaraz. Um, you know, sort of turned it around again, turned uh, turned his level up when he needed to. Um, broke, and Mueller did have a couple of break points in that last game, and there was this return winner that Mueller just bludgeoned on the backhand down match point. He saved the match point. He had another break point, but before that was before Alcaraz eventually closed out the match. So, uh, you know, it's just the fact that he was not really close to his best. But he managed to get the job done overall pretty con- convincingly and comprehensively. Uh, should probably tell you a lot about how confident he is, where his level is at, and the fact that he is feeling pretty good on the surface. Yeah, I would I would agree with all that assumption. He, he didn't need to be at his best day. He might need to be against Jarry tomorrow, though. Probably, yeah, because uh, Jarry... While grass is not his favorite surface or his best surface, particularly, you you can imagine how he would do damage on a surface like this with the kind of explosive game that he has. Yeah. Um, let's talk about one last man's result. Neither of us saw this match, so it's just going to be talking about our thoughts on the result. 
Holger Rune is making his way through the draw pretty efficiently. Yep. Um, I don't know if he was entirely efficient because he was down a break a couple of times in that first set. Um, but otherwise, I didn't catch that match at all, but seemed like he settled in just fine after uh, those initial shakeups. He's somebody expected to do well on the surface just because, um, you know, he takes the ball really early. Uh, he likes the cat and mouse. He has a really good serve. Um, yeah, and he also he's not afraid of you know coming to the net and finishing points off. Um, so like, and his strokes, it they can either be really pretty heavy, or he takes it so early and he bludgeons them that they can do so much damage on a surface like grass. So I I'm not really surprised that he is doing pretty well on the surface. He is yes through to the third round. Um, yeah. I'm not sure who he's facing. I've got it. He's facing Davidovich Fakina. Oh, that, that could be, be a interesting. funny one. Yeah, that, that could be interesting because Fukina's pretty good on the surface himself. Uh, I think he was a junior Wimbledon champion. So, uh, yeah, and he definitely enjoys the surface. But, yeah, that would be a good match. I'm I'm still backing Holger to come through that. Davidovich Fukina did beat him in Madrid. So, you know, that and that match was pretty spicy. Um, so, if that is anything to go by, you know, we, we could be a really good clash tomorrow. Yeah. Well, we'll have a look at tomorrow's matches in a bit. Let's, I think we've covered all the men's matches that that, that I think uh, is is not necessarily worth covering us, but disingenuous, but um, result, but I think all kind of the headline results. Um, and let's go over to the women's draw. And I know you watched a few women's matches today. I think probably the one of most note, given the one that you've mentioned the most, is Sabalenka having to come from a set down against Vavara Kucheva, now of French um, allegiance, um, having switched over. Um, I didn't watch, I only started watching the match um, halfway through the second set because I was getting, I just checked Twitter after a bit and I was like, everyone's making a fuss about the fact Sabalenka just lost the first set. I'd better turn this on. Um, because I assumed Sabalenka was going to walk it. Um, and clearly I was wrong. Um, how much of it did you catch? Did you get in there before I did? Because I came in about four all second set. I watched most of the entire match. I think I, I caught it from one on the first set, right after Gracheva broke uh, back, broke back. Uh, Sabalenka broke to start the match, got broken back immediately. Um, so yeah, quite a few errors as well from Sabalenka in the first set. Gracheva was solid, she took the first set, uh, and she was definitely troubling uh Sabalenka for most of the second set as well. But it was the turning point was four five in the second set where we thought, okay, you know, Sabalenka known sort of prone to making double faults when she under pressure, uh, something that she was facing for most of the last season. Uh, and also her most recent loss at, at Grand Slam level would, you know, probably wouldn't do, you know, too much uh, favors in terms of her confidence in these moments. But she held to love. I think she also broke to love. Um, and from there on, she just took over the match and she was dominating. Uh, she was, um, you know, pretty comfortable on serve as well. Um, and yeah, 
not and she cut down a lot on her errors since i would say four or five in the second set that was really the turning point because until then she was not really at her best a lot of errors kracheva was solid uh she was also sort of uh troubling her quite a bit but um yeah sabalenka found her way through that which is pretty positive uh for what's to come in the tournament she's one of the favorites for sure I don't mm. think she's won a she's not won a Glasgow title yet, has she? I think I know no. she's won. A, she's been to finals, but she's never won a title. Right? Yeah, she has won a couple of big titles on clay, both of them in Madrid. I know that she's won, uh, you know, a handful of big titles on hard court. One of them being the Australian Open. Uh, so, but then her game again should translate really well on on onto this surface, and uh, yeah, it pretty good signs for the rest of the tournament the way she turned around that match i mean yeah in many ways um i would say first of all i think it was interesting that when uh Gracheva had to finish the match on try and finish the match on her terms when sabalenka started getting a bit better um she couldn't she didn't have the tools for it to get through sabalenka um i think uh, if Savalanka's a bit nervous, it kind of reminds me a little bit of how she went in Birmingham um, when she ended up losing to Kudamatova. And I think if if this keeps on happening, if this is a repeated pattern, then in a couple of matches' time, um, it could become a bit more of a problem for Savalenka. I think she's a little bit fortunate that two people who uh, who could have been her biggest threat early on in the draw, um, being um, Mukova in round four, maybe Ostapenko in the quarters, um, uh, have gone. Um, Keys might be someone worth keeping an eye out for. Um, but yeah, um, I think if if any nerves are starting to kick in, let's say she faces someone like Rabakina, that's going to be a problem for her. Um, Tennis Twit is predicting Sabalenka for the win. I know Jack's also predicting Sabalenka for the win. Um, she's my second favourite. I still think Rabakina has the edge at the minute, but we'll have to see. Um, with but yeah, I I would say you're right in that it was good for her to stabilize the ship, um. But I would be worried about this potentially repeating itself, um, later on in the tournament. Yeah. Um, uh, the other match that I think I know well, I think you watched a couple of other women's matches today, um, and um, one of them was Iga Swiatek beating Petra Martic completely, um. Uh, John uh, John obviously predicted Martic to win that one um, and I'm just sat here very very smug about the fact that he was wrong not just because uh, I'm an eager fan but also I like to wind John up um, so um, yeah um, Shviontek uh, Martic did irritate her a little bit with the variety she was throwing in yep. um, but Shviontek coped with it very well and just upped her game when necessary as shown by the way she broke um, to take the second set and the match from Martic being 40 love up, uh, well, broken, then served it out relatively confidently um, to reach the fourth round for the second time at Wimbledon for the second time in her career. Um, I think this is the best that Igor Fiontek has ever looked on grass. Um, what were your thoughts on what you saw, Shahuri? Yeah, well, she looked quite, she, she looked quite comfortable on the surface. I know that she what, what tournament was it? Berlin, where she pulled Bad out. Homburg. Bad Homburg, right. Uh, she won a couple of matches and then she withdrew because of food poisoning or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. 
I didn't catch those matches, but then from what I've seen at Wimbledon, she looks pretty comfortable uh, on the surface. Obviously, she went out at this stage to Cornet last year. Um, but yeah, Martic, that that is a pretty good win, all things considered. Um, it was just, for me, it was just pretty odd to see how, well, like I mentioned, she had match point at 5-3, Martic held. And then got broken to love, pretty uncharacteristic, you know, throwing in a bunch of errors. And Martic had 40 love on her own serve, which then, of course, Iga went on to break and then uh, consolidated that 7-5 in the second. But, yeah, that's not something that's too much. I mean, it would be concerning if that happens repeatedly and then just in time for her to face some big opposition, like, you know, in time for the final. I don't... I don't think anybody in her section of the draw before the final is really going to beat her. Uh, but yeah, not not too much of a concern really. And like you mentioned, yes, I do agree that this is the best she's looked on the surface. Uh, is this And also the only slam where she's not made it past the fourth round, yeah. which I mean, you would like her chances now to do that and complete the set. She's made the best performance at the AO is the semifinal last year. She won obviously RG three times in the US Open also once last year. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I I expect her to complete that set. Yeah. I I think so too. I think she's got Benchich in the next round. That could be tricky. Uh, yeah. Ben um they I know the last time they played in a grand slam, um Benchich the won. US Open fourth round twenty one, right? Benchich yeah. won, yeah, I remember that. Benchich won in a very after taking the first set tiebreak very closely, mm-hmm. some people are referring back to that. I will say that there's a couple of things in Sviantec's favour. First of all, the last time they played, which was at the United Cup, Sviantec um, uh, ended up um, just blowing her away, just had an answer to everything Benchich threw at her. Secondly, I think the Sviantec of US Open 2021 is very different to the Sviantec of Wimbledon 2023. Um yep. And probably would have, and and I think uh, goes into this the favourite. There is the grass aspect. I think Benchich is more comfortable in that. Um, and she did have another good win today. Like she's having against Magdalene, she completely controlled that match. And um, so, um, have especially having dealt with a tricky opponent in Katie Swan, and then coming coming back and narrowly edging Danielle Collins in round two. Um, Benchich is going to be feeling good. I could see her taking a set off Sviantec, uh, but you're right. Sviantec is probably going to be favourite against most people she faces, but I, I am looking at it, her draw and going, there's a couple of people here who I could see doing something if they're having a good day, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so that was um, so that was that match. I, I was very impressed by the way Sviantec handled it today um, and... Uh, yeah, certainly um, doing doing pretty well at the minute. Was the other women's match that you saw Kvitova beating Sasnovich? Yeah, that was the match before Medvedev. Uh, you can see why you were watching. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, of course I was. Um, you know, watching that, wondering. Um, you know, I I I just didn't know what to expect from that match, so I was like, okay, well, Petra's um, playing seemingly playing playing well. Um, she played well for most of that. Um, most of that match, it was that one pretty long game in the first set. It was, I think, the seventh game where Kivetova was serving, went to several deuces, and then she held. 
uh, and she did go a breakdown early in the first, uh, for I think the first game of the second set. But other than that, uh, pretty, I, I think, yeah, Sashnovich was just not at the races really. Um, she's just a lot of errors in her game and she just didn't show up, I don't think. Um, there was a stat which said that she lost uh, going into the match, she lost like her last 14 or 15 matches against the top 10 opposition. So, uh, Maybe that did play in her head. But uh, yeah, all in all, pretty solid performance from the two-time champion there. Yeah, uh, and very efficient as well, which I wasn't necessarily expecting. I think actually, obviously, she did drop that set to Paolini in round one. Um, but yeah, to get through Sastovic pretty efficiently in round two is going to be a massive confidence boost for um, Kvitova. And yeah, continues to be a lot of people's favourite um, for... Uh, for the title, um, or at least favor- someone in the mix. And I say definitely right to keep them in the mix um, as well. Um, now, um, at least one of the four players everyone's talking about, along with Sviantek, Sabalenka and Rabakana. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, Kvitova definitely showing her credentials there. Um, any other matches that you caught from the women's side, Shrihiri? Svitolina and Kennan. Okay. Just to, to end of the first set, uh, I know that Elena took that in a tiebreaker, and then the second set was pretty smooth sailing, six-two. Uh, and yeah, a bit of Azarenka and Kasatkina. Okay. Um, yeah, obviously pretty uh, great win for Azarenka and Svitolina, who will face each other next. Um, obviously, don't want to again jump, but it's just interesting to know what the shake hand situation would be like, because I know that they're friends and they play doubles together and whatnot. But Svitolina said that she will not shake hands with a Russian or a Belarusian player. Um, obviously, probably, They'll work. probably get friendly thumbs up like they do with Kasakina. Probably. Um, I would say. Like, yeah. um, I, I didn't catch much of... Um, Bench, not Benchich, um, Svitolina Kenin. Um, obviously, it's kind of what you would expect from from that match. Um, was a, a lot. There was a lot of pace to it, but there was a lot of mixing up a variety, short balls, Brink coming into the net. Um, and I think for what I can gather, Kenin just ran out of steam a little bit, mm-hmm. um, which is probably decided the match. But credit to Svitolina for getting through. Um, obviously, former semi finalist here. And then, yeah, Kasakina Azarenka. I thought they were going to play, but I thought Kasakina was going to win that match. I thought that she'd be able to defuse everything Azarenka threw at her. In actual fact, Azarenka overwhelmed Kasakina um, in that match. And um, I need to look this up, but I'm pretty sure that this has been Victoria Azarenka's best result at Wimbledon for a good long while. Um, and it's it, she's having a little bit of a resurgence in the slams because... Obviously, she did pretty well in Australia um, and uh, only had a very, very she had a tough first round at the French, but seems to be doing very... Um, yeah, well, she didn't particularly do well on clay and something you'd expect at this stage. Really. I don't think clay was the best surface at all. I uh, was always a much better performer on hard courts. Hard courts the best surface by far. And then she did... I think she made a semi-final at Wimbledon, if I'm not mistaken. Or one she or did, two. about 2012. 
Yeah, 2012. Um, losing to Serena. Serena? Yeah, yeah, Serena, was right. One of that them was the one that Serena Pedrad won in the final, I remember that. Um, I, tell you, I tell you what, I loved um, the Azarenka-Serena rivalry. Um, yeah. You know, especially the those two US Open finals they played back-to-back. It was 2012 where Azarenka served for it and lost 7-5 in the third. Because got a revenge in 2020 and then lost to Osaka by the same scoreline. Uh, she beat Serena with um, so yeah, it's pretty interesting for both Svitolina and uh, Azarenka. I think Svitolina is the second consecutive, uh, second week appearance at a slam. Uh, again, some resurgence really because she just came back, you know, what a month yeah. or two ago. Um, that is, you know, great, uh, great if you're Svitolina or a Svitolina fan, uh, to see her back in the mix so quickly. Um, yeah, having been unranked not very long ago, it's just already yeah. her. Probably one of the best post maternity comeback. Probably the best post maternity comeback since Serena. Yeah, sure. Um, that's yeah, good to say that because Serena, of course, um, made the Wimbledon final after she got back. Made the third round. I think it was was it the third round or the fourth round of the RG that she made and withdrew. I think it was the third, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, it was, I mean, one of the most anticipated matches. And then she withdrew because just because of the fact that we thought, okay, Sharpo was finally going to get her uh, back. And then, you know, turns out she doesn't, she does no show. But um, yeah, like you mentioned, probably the best post. but yeah, the, the best comeback since becoming, you know, um, since maternity, since um, Serena Williams. I think Azarenka didn't do as bad either. Yeah. Obviously, she had her deal of issues once she, uh, you know, became a mother, mm-hmm. battled for custody and whatnot, and she did pretty well herself. Um, so yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. It probably took a little bit longer, but that's in terms of immediate comes backs. Yeah, um, exactly. Pretty impressive. Um, thanks to Kirit for highlighting this match. I didn't see it, um, but seven five seven five indicates it was a fairly um, uh, close match. And Natalia Stavanovic, yeah, seems to be making some waves. Um, Shuri, what time is it for you? Three a.m. It is three a.m. Yes. Okay, I, it's not as big a time difference as I thought, but uh, this is insane. So, uh, thank you very much for. Bearing with us during the show. No, I mean, I, I stayed up to watch the finish of uh, Djokovic and Wawrinka, so might as well do this, right? Um, right as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I know you probably won't have seen these, um, but what I'll do is I will um, rattle off some results um, and um, feel free to jump in with any thoughts on those results um, sure. if you want. So uh, we'll tell you what, Kirit's given us one. Uh, Marketa Vondrosova um, beating, uh, going through, beating Donna Vekic. Um, yeah, Vondrosova, great result. She's showing very strong performance on grass. I did catch that one um, and she was really mixing up the pace and making life difficult for Vekic. I do think Vekic was a little out of gas and she tried to mount a comeback but just didn't have the energy she, she uh, took to do it two days running given that she'd done quite a bit against Stevens yesterday. So um not surprised that that was... I think Wondrusova uh, with that result has made the second week of all of the four slams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which is a 
great thing to have on your resume. It is, exactly. Um, um, interestingly, my neighbors just started turning up the music, so I'm wondering whether I'm, I'm being too I'm wondering if Mukova has a similar style, or maybe the US Open is a slam where she's not made the fourth round. Uh, no, I think Bukov has made fourth round at every slam now. Yeah, I think so. Um, of course she has. Um, I'm looking it up now. I know but... that she made the semis at the AO final at the RG this year. Yeah. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, she made the fourth she round. Has, yeah, it's 2020. So it's yeah. also excellent. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Um, okay, other results from today um, that's worth noting. Um, well, we have had our highest seed exit. Um, Caroline Garcia lost to Marie Bushkova um, on court one. They they started on court 18, and then when they finished set two, they moved on to court one uh, because the players decided they wanted to try and finish the match today, and there was a space for it. So I ended up watching that one instead of the second, third set of uh, Djokovic-Vavrinka. Obviously, that match finished before the third set ended of Djokovic-Vavrinka, so then I switched back. Um, but yeah, the, um, uh, the that was a really, really good match uh, between those two. Great battle. Um, and uh, I had Garcia in my final, um, but Bushkova beat over the second consecutive year. At Wimbledon, um, and uh, they, yeah, there was a lot of great uh, forehand to forehand rallies, really clean hitting, um, great fun to watch, and Bushkova edging it uh, was super impressive. So, credit to her for ruining my bracket and a lot of people's brackets because now Vekic and Garcia are out, and now everyone's wondering who's going to make the semis from that section. <laughs> um, so. Um, it's going to be Pagula, Serenko, Vondrusheva or Bushkova. Um, Pagula, I haven't actually watched any matches from her recently, but she is really showing why she's number four seed at the minute, efficiently making her way through the draw to the fourth round. I did have her scoring highly on my Wimbledon uh, kind of spreadsheet, uh, but I didn't put her in my power ranking, my top 10, because I wasn't sure. Um like how that would carry over. But at the minute, she's getting through the opposition uh, that um, that she's expected to beat. And maybe we'll see her in the semis. Um, who knows? Um, also a good win, Shabur, 6-1-6-1 over Bay from China. Uh, fantastic result uh, for Shabur. Probably massively confidence boosting given that she's been over hit and miss on grass so far this year and building confidence after that injury she sustained in Stuttgart on the clay um yeah now maybe looking dangerous um at wimbledon uh other results to bring you um we talked about svitolina already um i'm just giving you um keys look good against Golibich. um we ended up having three deciding set tie breaks happening today um katarina alexandrova ended up beating madison brengel in three tie breaks 
and everyone I rem- I think it's only worth noting because everyone on tennis Twitter went how is Ekaterina Alexandrova a power player not rolling over Madison Brengel and somehow ended up in three tie breaks um I don't know I didn't see the match but it was worth noting the result um Andrescu beating Kalanina um in a massively crazy match where Andrescu was a set up setting a break up and cruising Kalanina comes back then serves for the match in the third set Andrescu breaks gets it to a tie break and then Cal ends up having six match points and Kalanina saves three of them it was madness <laughs> it was absolute madness um but credit to I think in terms of a headline Andrescu getting to the third round of a major again and generally playing some pretty good tennis. Very positive sign. Faces on Shabur next, which would be a cracker. I am definitely watching that match tomorrow. Yeah. Definitely watching that match tomorrow. I might have to be late for a friend's thing. I, I, don't, I don't know if I give her much of a chance against Ons and Grass. Just No, I think she's going to try and scrap it. I think Ons will definitely probably... This is going to sound really bad because I think Andrescu is a very intelligent player, but I think Ons will outsmart her on the surface. Yeah, I think sense. so too. Yeah. Um, but all tennis players are highly intelligent. It's just that she Ons has got a bit more variety that she can deploy and Andrescu will try and scrap it. And uh, Jabur is a player who's more than happy to do that. Yep. Um, and then the only other one, which is a match that John mentioned at the very beginning um, was Serenko versus Bogdan, who played the longest tiebreak in a Grand Slam women's match in the decider, 2018. Wow. Um, Serenko, yes, I mean, I remember Federer and Safin played a 2018 tiebreak. Was that 1970? I'm not sure. Long mm-hmm. back. And obviously Murray and Cole Schreiber in Dubai. A lot of Andy Murray fans would remember that. Um, in 2017, with that forehand drop shot saving match point. Yeah, yeah. It's a there's a few there's a few good ones. Yeah, I mean, Wikipedia's got the longest tiebreakers list. Um, mm-hmm. The actual longest tiebreaker in um, a women's singles match um, is actually came in an ITF 25k event in 2017. Ended up going 22-20, so the score wasn't that far off. Uh, um, oh wait, is there an Opelka? I think last year in Dallas, it's like 26, 24, something like that. Um, Actually, the record for the longest men's singles is an ITF 10K match that went 36, 34. Wow. Yeah. Um, Against between two players I've never heard of before, Benjamin Ballarat and Gwilen Coyard. Um, But yeah, 36, 34, madness. Absolutely madness. Um, uh, so, yeah, um, Miles saying the match point summed up the whole match, which is good because I did see the match point and it was a long, tight, long rally where both players were just, yeah, maintaining it. They were both quite tight um, and uh, ended up being um, missed by a, a volley at the net. And so, um, yeah. That that match point um, was yeah. Given how long they've been going in that tie break, was crazy long rally. So there you go. Um, I'm pretty confident Serenko's probably going to withdraw or retire, given her track record. Miles, 
I'm I'm sticking to my guns on this. I've made my statement. Um, Lacey Schrenker will probably never come on the show because of this. Um, I, <laughs> but I just just prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. You play the next match. You lose a match point or you win it. I will retract my statement. Um, but um, but yeah. So that was a, that was another noteworthy result. And obviously, yeah, both players absolutely shattered from from it uh, physically. So yeah, that is today's play. Um, tomorrow on Wimbledon, um, yeah, uh, we have on centre court, Carlos Alcaraz against Nicholas Jarry, followed by Anne Schaber and Bianca Andreescu, and then Katie Bolter, the last Brit standing in singles against Elena Rabakina. Um, uh, Obviously, Shahiri, I know you, we're both looking forward to Jabir versus Andrescu. Any thoughts on how Alcaraz Jarry might go? I'm picking Alcaraz in four sets. They played. Um, they played in Rio, where mm. uh, yeah, Jarry took I think the first set or second. I'm not sure, but yeah, Alcaraz sort of ran away with that. I expect something similar. I think Jarry will probably take the first or the second set. Alcaraz settles into the match after, and then just you know, uh, mm-hmm. takes control of it and runs away with it. I don't see, yeah, I don't see a scenario where he's getting upset by Jari. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Jari's playing pretty well, but as, as you say, yeah. like clay is Jari's main, main surface. Um, what about, um, yeah. And, and then on the, um, uh, uh, I mean, like for me, I think we've both said Shabur is going to be probably his favourite to beat Andrescu, but I think Andrescu is going to get a fight. I am pretty confident Rabakin is going to beat Bolter. Yeah. Um, I think Rabakin will... I think Bolter's just too inconsistent. She would have to be redlining, mm-hmm. which she could do. I think Bolter, I, she got a pretty big win at Wimbledon a couple of years ago. I don't remember. Against that, last year. Oh, it was last year, right? Yeah. Pushkiva last year. She also pushed Sabalenka two years ago. I think they oh, yeah, yeah. three. So mm. I could see Bolton nicking a set, but I, I think that she's going to be just a little bit too inconsistent and Rebecca's going to be a little bit too controlled. But it could be wrong. Maybe Rebecca will have a bad day. Maybe Bolton will play the match of her life. Um, could, happen. Yeah. could happen, definitely. Like, Bolton's feeling pretty confident right now. Um, yeah. Court one, here we go. You're, this is the one that you're going to be wanting to wake up for, yeah. Shrihi. Um, or rather... Let's face it, unless you're planning on sleeping till 4 p.m. your time. Yeah, yeah, that's the first match on number one court. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, that would be an interesting battle. Uh, Fuchovic made the quarterfinals here two years ago, beat Rublev in the fourth round, which Mm. is something because that was the year when Fuchovic and Rublev were playing like every week, playing each other almost every week. And Fuchovic to beat him. I think it was like a bagel in the... Like he was served a bagel in the fourth set. Or, oh no, he served Rublev a bagel in the fourth set. And he ended up winning uh, that match. And I I would still pick Medvedev because it's a faster court. Fuchovic beat Medvedev the last time they played. was the first round of RG uh, in 2020. Um, obviously, the, those conditions would just were just perfect for Fuchovic for the kind of game he has heavy slow 
heavy conditions, really slow playing clay at RG mm-hmm. and Medvedev would not want to match there at that time. So uh, on grass, I would still, it's when Medvedev is able to get free points and, you know, again, he's a lot more comfortable on grass. I mean, I don't know if he's more comfortable on grass than he is on clay, but uh, he should be, theoretically speaking. Uh, again, someone like Fucha, which I I doubt he does too much damage because Fucha, which strokes are pretty heavy in general, won't help him much on the grass and, and unless he's like knifing those slices. But there's only so much you can do with that, right? You don't just beat Medvedev when, you know, when you slice and do something like slice and approach the net. That yeah, yeah, that's really trivializing. You have, so you have to rush Medvedev to beat him. You have to rush exactly. You you know look at what Kyrgios did last year at the U.S. Open. Uh, say guys like Manorino, also some of their matches. Hurkac, Sitsipas, yeah, these guys. Sitsipas especially last year in Turin and Cincinnati. Hurkac as well. So yeah, I expect Medvedev to come through that. Yeah, I could see Fuchovic maybe nicking a set. It depends on, like, they're both similarly metronomic, but I agree with you that, like, Medvedev is quite happy to have a long rally. And yeah. um, even against Djokovic, usually comes out on top in those scenarios. So, yeah, um, yeah uh, I would I, I would agree maybe Medvedev should come through that one. Um, following that one, Blinkova versus Sabalenka. Be interesting to see how Sabalenka's nerves are. Blinkova could trouble her, but I would say Sabalenka's the favourite. Um, and then uh, Zverev versus Berrettini. We've talked about this before. We're expecting Berrettini to beat Zverev. Do you think Zverev gets a set? Yeah, for sure. I think it could be four or five sets for Berrettini. But I, I, unless it's something like the RG semifinal this year, um, I don't uh, yeah i don't think it's a straight set win for either player to be honest it, could you see a scenario where maybe if it's not straight set berrettini struggles with his fitness and conditioning a bit because he's still fairly fresh back on tour um and zverev takes advantage of that because he can grind opponents down he can but it's just the nature of the surface and the nature of berrettini's wins have not been super physical. Um, pretty easy win against Demi Uh Yeah, his match against Sonigo went over three days, but I think, uh, you know, he should be fine. Um, if anything, um, you know, Berrettini is quite injury prone, so we just, you know, should hope that he's healthy for, you know, the rest of the tournament. Um, Zverev, yeah, he wears opponents down for, down for sure, but that's not something he can sort of resort to or do on a surface that grass. Um, and he, we have seen players just take the racket out of his hands on the surface. Like we saw Bublik do it in Halle, seeing Federer do it himself in the Halle final like six years ago, where he just dismantles Zverev completely. Um, players have done it. Really good grass quarters have done it. Berrettini, we, you know, we we did, we did discuss how really. Um, how good he is on the surface with four titles, two of them in Queens, um, being a finalist at Wimbledon two years ago. So he is one of the best grass coders around and he's definitely capable of, he, he knows how to beat someone like Zverev. Yeah, I, I think so too. I mean, like, I, yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. Um, 
Well, let's see. I think that's definitely going to be the most intriguing matchup in terms of the men's tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I, I still think um, Shabur versus Andreescu is going to be match of the day. Yeah. Um, uh, number two court, Stevanovic versus Kvitova. Um, will be interesting to see if Stevanovic continue, like, give it in her first main draw of a slam, how much, whether she troubles Kvitova anyway, um, or whether Kvitova continues about her progress that we discussed. Jere versus Sitsipas. Um, I think we're expecting Sitsipas to come through that one, right? Probably yeah, because Jere has been doing pretty well on grass, pushed Medvedev and Halle. And he beat Cressy, which is a, I would say, very impressive win. Um, Cressy, and then who else? Did he, he beat someone really good in the second round. Shelton. Shelton, yeah. So those are pretty good wins. Um, yeah, you would expect. I would. I expect that to again go four or five sets. I expect Sitsipas to win, but it won't be easy. And then rounding off court two, I think this is going to be a very fun match. Tiafo versus Dimitrov. That's going to be a very creative match. It is, and that's where I have Tiafo on upset alone. I have Dimitrov beating him in my bracket. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I I um, could go either way on that one. Like when I did pre-tournament, I was like, oh gosh, which one? I thought Tiafo might have enough to stop Dimitrov, but also it is Dimitrov on grass, so um, he, which he loves. So I yeah, that one could go either way for me. Yeah. Um, if you're on number three court, you've got Hadad Shemaya versus Kastea opening up. That's going to be a battle, I think, yeah. um, for those players. Um, Davidovic Vakina playing Runa. That's going to be thoroughly entertaining again. Um, and then Potapova versus Andreva. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on Mira Andreva, uh, Shuri? I don't know if you've ever spoken about her before. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um... She well, yeah, she's in the third round now, right? Having yeah. um, gotten a retirement from Krejcikova in the second round. Yeah, so first two majors, and she's made the third round of both. Yeah, uh, and I know that you, you know you, me, you, you, me, and Jack spoke about her potentially playing Shviontek at RG when we did our show mm. for RG. She did lose to Goff in the third set, I think six one or something to that effect, but. Mm. Honestly, I've not watched too much of her, but she does seem like sort of a pretty different personality. Um, you know, she is quite funny. Uh, someone who's, you know, pretty vocal about how, like, shy and aloof she is. She spoke about how she's shy to even, like, walk up to and speak to Andy Murray in her most recent interview. Um, I only watched a bit of her matching as Coco Goff at the RG, but I've not watched too much of her, really. I probably should you know, her match tomorrow. Who Who is she playing again? Uh, she's playing uh, Potapova. Potapova, right. So, yeah, I, I think I should be able to catch that match. Um, you know, get a chance of, get a chance to, you know, probably watch her for the first time. Mm. Uh, and what, she's 16, right? So, that's, yeah. again, a lot of the, the talent pool, you know, with youngsters in the WTA is just so dense. And here's uh, another testament to that. So, yeah, it's pretty exciting. You know, we might, um, I don't know if we'll really get a breakthrough run from her at the slams this year. We could, but if not, still a player to watch out for. Along with, you know, the Fruvertovas and Coco Goff, of course, still, you know, she's quite an established player, but we forget how young she is. Along, yeah. and then with the big three at the moment, so to speak. Yeah, I'd also throw Noshkova in the mix there. Um <laughs> 
another teenager who's making some waves. Um, and like Goff, you know, like Dawson you know, as well. Sorry, who? Dawson. Towson, yeah. I mean, she's not her teenager anymore. Oh, no, um, anymore, right? Yeah. She, she's in the same kind of, she's the same age as Fernandez and Raducanu. Okay. And possibly Kostyuk. Um, check Kostyuk's age. Um, she's in action tomorrow against Madison Keys. Um, you've also got Lirhiri Lehechka against Tommy Paul. Those are opening up court 12 and then. Uh, Court 12 and then court 18 has Galfian and Alexandrova, Eubanks versus O'Connell, um, plus a lot of doubles and the juniors are underway. So, yeah, that's your lineup for um, for uh, Wimbledon tomorrow. Um, obviously, we're both going to get some sleep because it's both past, well past our bedtimes. Yeah. Um, but uh, before you go, Shrihiri, I just wanted to ask... Um, Obviously, um, you're playing on. Uh, you probably be around for a bit. But um, what's your uh, what's your watch schedule going to be tomorrow? Do you think? Um, so yeah, I mean, I have to look at the order of thing. I know that Medvedev's on first on court one. Yeah. Uh, Ons is on center court. Yeah, second match on center after Alcaraz. Yeah, that's great. So I can catch both of those matches, uh, yeah. which is what I'll try to do when. Um, Maybe I should watch Andreeva just because I've not watched her before. Um, yeah, I she... would expect her to win tomorrow. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. You could, um, you know, considering how the draw is at the moment. The biggest hurdle was Krichikova, who did retire in the second set. Uh, I'll try to catch some of that. And um, yeah, Tiafo and Iruna and Davidovich Fukina and Tiafo and Dimitrov. Those are. Also, some matches that I would try to catch. Um, yeah. Would be switching between uh, matches, obviously. I think Alcaraz and Jari open up center court play. They do, yeah. So it'll be at the same time as Medvedev, Fuchovic. Right. So, of course, I'd be glued to watching Medvedev and Fuchovic. At that <laughs> and time. I think, actually, Medvedev, Fuchovic will be probably at the same time as Davidovich, Vakina and Runa. Ah, uh, Okay. Yeah, so, you know, we'll try to keep an eye on that match as well. More than, I mean, Alcaraz, um, someone I hope he makes the semifinal. I have Alcaraz and Medvedev, but then, of course, my priorities are Medvedev and Runa amongst yeah. these three matches. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much pretty much sums yeah. it up, I guess. And then I would say, yeah, if for later on, I'd say um, Jabir Andrescu, um uh, Tiafo Dimitrov and Potapova Andreeva will probably be happening around the same time. Yeah. Um, which is, which is tough, but Hey, that's tennis. Um, and then I reckon that obviously your finale would probably be Zverev Berrettini. Um, yeah. most likely depending on how awake we are at that point. Yeah. It's true. Um, um, John yeah. is definitely not awake. He's, he, the, um, he's, uh, uh, he's uh, signing off now. Um, mm -hmm. And I will sign off as well. Shahiri, thanks for coming on. Um, yeah, thanks for having me on and steering this uh, show as always. Um, or this yeah. segment is my first time here. Uh, it was pretty fun to sort of unpack all of the matches and the play for today. And, you know, good for us that there was no rain interruption of any sort that we could no. watch all of the matches. So I think they're pretty much caught up now. Yeah, actually, pretty much. Done. Yeah, and they have caught up now. And then tomorrow... All the singles, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> they they will... Uh, it's sort of back to...
to the norm tomorrow because that's when um, the top half of the men's and the bottom half of the women's would play their third round match. So. Yeah. So they're on schedule, which is great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I always had faith they'd get back on schedule. Um, it was always going to be a challenge to get it back on schedule immediately with however many matches they had to try to get through. Um, yeah. Given the circumstances, they did remarkably well. But scheduling round twos at the same time as round ones and round threes at the same time as round twos was way too confusing. Um but hey, let's also thank Novak for uh, closing the third set out. Uh, yes, when you could, yeah, because otherwise we would have another match inserted into center court for tomorrow. But thankfully, it's not the case. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we're all good. Um, yep. Okay. Well, um, I will. Uh, so yeah, we'll uh, we'll sign off. Um, yep. And uh, Trihiri, I'm sure. If you if you enjoy our conversation, if those of you watching enjoy our conversations, um, catch us on the Popcorn Tennis Podcast, uh, where we have more conversations like this. Um, but um, it's been great fun. Um, we'll speak to you all soon, and uh, keep an eye out for uh, any content coming from the channel um, that we're producing from Wimbledon. Any watch alongs we choose to do, and of course, uh, last ball drops, which will be tomorrow night. Um, or during the day, whatever time zone you're in. Um, thanks, Trahiri. Thanks, everyone, for joining. Take care and keep talking tennis. Ready? Play. If you enjoyed this video, make sure you hit that like button. Don't forget to subscribe and click that notification bell so you don't miss out on all things tennis. Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.